Well, good. Um, my name is Randy. I'm senior pastor here. It's my privilege to, to serve with the team here. And are we letting kids go? Are we, yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so if you're uh, at uh, child ministry age, you can go now. I think fifth grade and under, you guys can head out. Okay. We're in a uh, series. We're wrapping up a series uh, this morning. We called it This Way to Freedom. We're really talking about whole life stewardship. What does it mean that... Uh, um, what does it mean to love God and to serve God with everything that we have? And so um, the first week we, we talked about this truth, that everything that we have comes from God. And so uh, the response of the believer to that reality, that truth, is gratitude. Um, then we talked about um, that uh, everything that we have belongs to God. So in other words, it doesn't just come from him, but even in our uh, sort of realm, it actually belongs to him. And so the response of the believer is surrender back to God what already is his from our own lives. Um, We talked about the requirement of a steward to be faithful. If everything that we have belongs to God, we're stewards. And the requirement of a steward is faithfulness, not success. But literally what we said was faithfulness is success. When we're faithful to God, God looks down and says he loves it. It's, It's success in his eyes. We talked last week about uh, giving out of God's hand and how when we give, we live with open hands. Remember, you remember me sending a dollar around last last week? $155 attached itself to that dollar. <laughs> it was really great. I was really shocked. I wasn't ready for it. It happened in the first service and the second spontaneously. It's almost like God has given into the heart of the believer the desire to see multiplication. So I like that. That's just an extra bonus point there. Um, but last week we talked about living with an open hand. When God fills our hands, what that means is that when we give, we give out of God's hand. And I challenge you to consecrate. I challenge you last week to consecrate yourselves to the Lord by living with open hands and giving as he, uh, as he uh, leads you to give out of his hand to others. This morning we want to finish with this. There's a response from heaven when we give. There's a response from heaven when we give. No earthly gift goes without a heavenly response. So I'm going to ask uh, Lauren and Aaron Lemmy to come up and just tell a little bit of their story, the way that they've lived with open hands and also the way that heaven has responded. Good morning. For those of you that don't know me, I'm, I'm Lauren and this is my wife, Aaron. For those of you that get us mixed up sometimes, I'm Lauren and this is Aaron. Um, but I, I thought we'd share just a little bit of our story um, uh, just how God has blessed us uh, and, and his provision and, and how it's, he's really laid that on our heart to uh, just in our giving and everything. And uh, so it all started in, in about 1989. I started following Christ. And uh, shortly thereafter, uh, about the same week, I jumped on a tour bus with seven other smelly guys and across the nation in a band playing drums. And um, I didn't uh, didn't know Jesus that, that well, but I knew that I wanted to follow him and and uh, uh, then, you know, the only way I really knew my, my budget was, well, I think I was paying like $85 a week. And um, the only way I knew my budget was balanced was that I had just enough quarters to go in the slot to make sure that, you know, all my laundry was dry and clean and dry. Uh, and then shortly after that, four years of music school, uh, started living my dream, you know, performing, recording, uh, playing with bands, traveling, and, and doing that thing. And I was living the single life and, you know, little, you know, immature financial freedom there, you could say. And, uh, you know, I think I had, you know, a closet full of a few, you know, pairs of jeans, t-shirt, 
think I had a desk, a computer, and about six drum sets. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what he brought to the marriage. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Um, but one day in, in 1998, you know, fast forward about 10 years, I, I got this job playing as a metal band, uh, heavy metal band. I was on the road, and uh, the guitarist from that band, uh, he was a pretty intense guy, and he's like, Homer? Yeah, he called me Homer. I don't know why. It was just, it was just a band thing. Said, Homer, so uh, what are you doing with God's money these days? I'm like, uh, and I knew what he meant. And I was like, uh, he's like, no, what are you doing with these? What are you doing with his money these days? I'm like, uh, whatever I want. <laughs> and uh, he's like, are you serious? Whatever you want? You gotta understand, Robbie was kind of like one of these guys, uh, um, uh, just full throttle guy, you know, Marshall Stacks, you know, Harleys, Chevys, Goatees, you know, shaved head, you know, just pretty intense dude. And uh, so I was just like, okay, I'm going to listen to you, you know, don't, don't mess me up. He's like, Homer, he's like, God gives you a place to stay. He gives you breath. He gives you life. He gives you food. He's like, you're going to start giving him 10% of gross. I'm like, Okay. So from that moment forward, I pretty much started giving, you know, 10% of my gross income, which wasn't much, but um, I started doing it that minute, and he really kept me accountable, and that's how it's been every year, ever since, and then, and, and even now, since we're married. So, um, And just last weekend, the misery retreat, God revealed to me even again that, you know, and, and he doesn't want our partialness, he wants our fullness, and so we got to give up that partialness uh, to get his fullness, so. So we... um. Since we've had kids, we're both self-employed, and we don't have, like, a kind of normal budget or lifestyle, and money comes when it comes, and we were pregnant. I'm going to tell you two stories real quick, but um, we were pregnant with our second daughter, eight and a half months pregnant, so I wasn't doing a whole lot of massage, and it was right before Christmas, and Lauren's music, he also teaches percussion, and so he didn't really have any lessons, and, and uh, when we don't work, we don't get paid, and I looked at our... Our bank account, we had $320 to get us through two weeks. And then I remembered we hadn't bought Christmas yet. And then I remembered we hadn't tithed yet. And we needed to tithe $240. So that meant 80 bucks for two weeks of Christmas and everything. And I was like, and I'm thinking in my head, we can put it on the credit card or something, you know. <laughs> well, I don't, we got to figure something out. And I come home, and I'm like, Lauren, what do we do, honey? And he's like, well, baby, we write the check. And I'm, I say, okay. So we come to come to church, and I'm trembling, and I have this 200, like, almost all we have. And I put it in the in the offering. And, um, and we walked out of church that day with $200 cash in our pockets from people that gave to us for a lesson that they didn't that they owed for a massage a couple of people gave yeah Stephen and Amanda gave us a hundred bucks for Christmas like they couldn't afford that either awesome like God just just like I mean and they didn't nobody knew our situation and God just totally provided that was awesome and um, he's just always 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 faithful our bills are always paid it's so crazy so fast forward a couple of years and I'm a doula now also, which is um, I get to help couples in their birth. And there's a, a couple here at church, this awesome, amazing young couple that just needed some support. And Lauren's not a super big fan of me being gone in the middle of the night and saying, oh, I have to go and you have the kids and here you go. 
but he came to me at separate and said, you need to do, you need to be there, do that for free. And, and I felt like, okay, I need to do this. And that was Saturday. And on Friday, a massage client of mine, like, out of the blue, came up to me and gave me a card. And in it was the exact payment of what I charge as a doula. And it was, isn't that awesome? Like, God saying, I totally see you. And that propelled us into being debt-free, too. So, Praise God. He is so good, and he doesn't make sense, and he doesn't, the checkbook doesn't always work out, but he works out, you know, and he makes it good. So thanks so much for being our family. And I, I was looking, I was saying, you know, most of these people have given us money at some point in time. <laughs> really, you know. And so my prayer is someday we'll give most of you guys money too, you know. But that's how the community works, isn't it? It's awesome. So thank you. We love you. Great. <laughs> A drummer and a doula. <laughs> okay. That's us right there, you know? That that's us. Real real people trying to serve God, uh doing the best we can. And um and what what I just love about their story, Aaron and Lauren, is they're just so they're so real, you know. They they live right out there. What you see is what you get with them. They're just they're just so real. And um, I love to hear the way that God responds from heaven when we obey him on earth. It's a direct correlation between our hearing and obedience and, and God's response from heaven. I don't, I, don't normally listen to, um, I don't normally listen to Christian radio on Sunday morning. I just, not, I just don't. I'm up early. I'm doing other things. I, I forgot a computer cord this morning, so I was driving home, and so I flicked on the radio. And I heard this, this person talking. This is just random fun fact for you. Because it popped into my head. You get it. Um, this, uh, this pastor was speaking. And um, it, was, uh, it was about the Greek word or the, the Hebrew word for hear. To hear. So, hero Israel. You know, uh, um, Deuteronomy 4. The, Greek, the, the Hebrew word for hear. And what she was saying was this. There's no distinction between hearing and obeying for the Hebrew. In other words, if you hear the word of God, the assumption from heaven is obedience. I, it really struck me this morning. When we think about giving, we're talking about giving this morning. When we talk about giving, I think usually there's a long process between the time we hear. This is, this is God's intention for you to give some amount. And obedience. Maybe I shouldn't put that on you. Maybe it's just me. We distinguish hearing and obedience. When uh, the Lord was speaking in the Old Testament Hebrew, the mindset that heard the Lord was this. Hearing is obeying. I just thought, man, that is good. That's the kind of believer I want to be. That's the way I want to follow. I want to follow like Aaron and Lauren, you know. I was glad that Lauren um, called her babe and not Homer. Baby, write the check. You know, that, I mean, it's it's a it's just a, a beautiful example. He heard, and and obedience was the natural response, not consideration. Maybe it wasn't logical, but it was obedience. And then heaven responded. God Himself spoke uh, provision into being on our on their behalf through the people of God. I just I just love it. All right, I better pray so I can get on track. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you this morning that you are uh, fully present here with us. The miracle 
of the incarnation. You are fully in Christ. And through the Holy Spirit, you're fully present with us. And we thank you for that. We acknowledge that presence and ask, Lord, now that you would give us grace to be fully present to you. To hear, to obey. We open our hearts and our minds, our very souls to you this morning. And ask, Lord, that you speak to us and lead us. That we might serve you with joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Well, no, um, we've been talking about whole life stewardship, and so through this whole series, I've talked about uh, giving to God, not just finances, but our, our time that comes from God and belongs to God that we're stewards of, that when we give it, it actually activates eternity coming into the present when we give our time for God. That when we use our spiritual gifts, we literally put in motion the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit moves in response to us just saying, I'll use my gift. I'll stand up. The Holy Spirit uh, responded with love and with power this morning when the band got up and just started to give what they've been given by God. And it's the same with our, with our money. I'm going to focus in on finances this morning and just, uh, and just declare that when we obey God in the matter of giving, and it is God we're obeying, not man. When we obey God in the matter of, of giving, we literally initiate a response from heaven. It's like God's waiting to act on our behalf. And one, one of the initiators is our actual obedience in giving. I'm going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I've uh, mentioned a few verses, but this is where I want to be uh, this morning. If you have a Bible, go ahead and open it up. It'll be in 2 Corinthians 9. This is Paul writing, and much like the message I gave uh, last uh, last week, he's he's asking for an offering. He takes like three chapters to take an offering. He he goes at it hard. <laughs> when Paul takes an offering, I mean, you know you've been offered. All right, he's taking an offering for uh, the poor in Macedonia, for a group of churches that need the provision of God. And what Paul's saying is, you are the provision of God. So these people need something from God, and the way God wants to give it is right through your open, filled hands. So Paul's writing, this is what he says. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Apparently the band member didn't know about that part, right? <laughs> Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you'll abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through your generosity, and, uh, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. The end result of every earthly gift is God gets praised. God gets praised. So he starts off with this principle of sowing and reaping. I don't have to spend a whole long time on the principle of sowing and reaping. I mean, we do live in the in some farmland, right? 
it's, it's a real simple biblical um, concept that actually works in every area of our lives. You sow a little, you reap a little. You sow a lot, you reap a lot. You know what this is like if you're, uh, if you're a student, you're studying, or if you've ever studied in your life. You, uh, you study a little, you learn a little. <laughs> you get a real big F, but it's just... You study a lot, you learn a lot. You invest a lot in a relationship, your marriage relationship or a deep friendship. You invest wholeheartedly. You give till it hurts in a relationship. What you reap is a relationship that's full, that's lasting, that's powerful, that can really go through tough times. You invest a little in a relationship, whether that's a relationship with your children, your spouse, or a friend. You invest just a little. You just give, and then when it starts hurting, you back off. And what you reap in that relationship is a weak relationship that can't bear the hard times. It's a, it's a biblical principle. It's a principle of life. Sow a little, reap a little. Sow a lot, reap a lot. It's exactly the same way with our physical resources, with our money. There is, I mean, I, I actually wish I didn't have to say it. Because I'm not a big, like, ask a lot of people for money type of a person. Other people are good at that. I met a pastor this last week who uh, regularly asks people for millions of dollars. And they give it to him. So I just asked him to put his hand on me right here. And he did. And then he asked me for a million dollars. No, I'm, I'm kidding the last part. But this is a biblical principle. There's a direct relationship between what we give and what God gives to us right in the Bible. Sow a little, reap a little. Sow generously, reap generously. It's the law of the harvest. I mean, the question that God's putting before us this morning is, how are we sowing? How are we sowing our finances? What are we sowing into? What are we building? How are we giving on, on earth so that the, uh, heaven, God himself, would respond with more provision, with more for us? With more for us is what the Bible says. Now, there's a little addendum so that you can give all the more. You see, that's the way the kingdom works. You give and you get. So you give more and you get more. And that's a kingdom principle. It, it happens in so many places in our lives. It's, it's real, though, with, with money. It's the law of sowing and reaping. More gift, more receipt. More giving, more joy. More giving, literally, God releases more power spiritual power input in the world into our lives so that we can give it out. God just has a little faith element to it. We give before he gives back. Now, God's not, uh, what's the word, capricious. God's not just, you know, wait, hey, I'm not going to provide for them unless they fork it over. That's not the point at all. Giving is never a duty, but it is a discipline. It's a discipline. God's inviting us into a relationship of, listen, I want you to trust me. You give, and I'm going to give more. The more you give, the more I'm giving to you. That's how the resources of heaven are multiplied. I gave a dollar to two people last, last week, and it was multiplied 155 times. That's how the kingdom... I didn't know if I'd get it back. <laughs> the first person looked a little questionable. I noticed she's not here either this morning. <laughs> Proverbs 11, 24, 25. 
One person gives freely and yet gains even more. There's the upside-down part of the principle. One person gives freely yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. It's a biblical principle. A generous person prospers. The more you give, the more you get. Now, I usually say we don't get, we don't give in order to get. The sole motivation of giving is not to receive. But when we give, we get. So let's not throw away the principle. Paul isn't, doesn't seem to be afraid to throw that out there as a motivation. Hey, you want more? Give more. So that you can give more. So you can get, you got it, you got the idea. The greater the giving, the greater the enrichment. The greater the enrichment God gives to us, the greater resources from heaven go out into the world to change lives, to impact people. Luke 6.38, Jesus hits it straight. Now, the context of Luke 6.38, so you know, Jesus is speaking at first about forgiveness. So Jesus says, forgive and you'll be forgiven. But he, he broadens the, uh, his message that this is not just a thing with God, not just I forgive them and God will forgive me, but literally, if I give, it will be given to me. Give and it will be given to you, says Jesus. How? A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So Jesus is saying, you know, in the relational realm and in the resource realm, it works the same way. Relationally, you know, we pray the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who've trespassed against us. So he says, forgive and you'll be forgiven. But he, he, he expands right into the horizontal with our stuff. Give and it will be given to you. Give and it will be given to you. Not just a little, but good measure. You know, the, the image is of um, some sort of grain or something that's packed down, shaken. No air. No fake stuff. Ever get a bag of chips that's big, large, grande, and you're like, where's the chips? Because it's mostly air in there. It looks grand, but it's just a few little tiny bad few chips. It's not like that with God. God says, you give as I ask you to give, and I'm just going to pour it out on you. No air, no fake, no false. I'm just going to dump it in your lap. There's a time lapse. There's the time lapse. Faith is required in the middle there. He draws us into a relationship with himself. Jesus says, give and it will be given to you. There is a reward for our giving. So how are we to give? Biblical principles. I'm just going to, we're going to follow Paul right through this. How are we to give? Back to the text. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give. Here's our instruction. What you've decided in your heart to give. Here's the good news for you. I don't get to tell you how much to give of your finances. I'm going to make a suggestion in a few minutes. But I don't get to tell you that. Here's what I don't want you to do when you think about your giving. I don't want you to sit down and come up in your head with an, with an idea of how much you think you can handle. And here's why I say that. Because Paul says don't do that. Paul says this. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give. Giving is always a matter of the heart. Giving is always a matter of the heart. 
God's always inviting us into a heart relationship when it comes to giving. God doesn't need our money. He wants it, though, because he knows that so often our money is attached to our heart. He knows he can get to our heart. If he says give, he he knows that uh, it will press our hearts into a decision. And so Paul says each should give what he's decided in their heart. It means giving is not an emotional thing. That doesn't mean you shouldn't give out of emotion. I'm not saying when, if you watch, you, you're watching TV and you see Compassion International, you see World Vision, you see an orphanage in need, you hear a, a few weeks ago we heard about orphanages, you know, in, um, in Turkey and Bulgaria. Well, yeah, or Nicaragua. We want to give to that. But giving is not primarily an emotional thing. Giving primarily is a heart um, relationship with God. It's an issue that you discern with God. God invites you to say, okay, what are we going to do with, I love the way Lauren said, what are we going to do, God says, with my money that's in your account? What are we going to do? So immediately it presses us into, I've got to have a relationship with God. I'm going to ask you this morning to go towards God and say, God, what would you like me to give? How would you like me to live my life? How would you like me to use the resources that you've given me. Each of you give what you've decided in your heart. So, how do you decide in your heart how much to give? Again, I don't get to tell you, no compulsion, but I'm going to give you a biblical starting point. It's what Aaron and Lauren talked about, the tithe, 10%. Look in the Old Testament, God just said this, the first 10% of your harvest, the, the first 10%, it's mine. Give it right back to me, right off the top. It's a starting point. As it's a, in the Old Testament, it was a law. In the New Testament, Jesus, what? He's fulfilled the law. Whew, what a relief. We don't have to give the tithe anymore. Is that right? It is right. We don't have to give the tithe. 10% is a starting point. Jesus is the example. Here's what Jesus did. He died for us. <laughs> Here's what Jesus did. Jesus said, let's see, should I just give him my left arm? Should I just give him a leg? No, he said, here am I given for you. So, so I think 10% is a good starting point. It's a biblical principle. God gives to us, we in principle give right back to him, top 10%. My wife Jane and I have been doing that for the 25 years of our marriage. Sometimes it's really, really hard. Sometimes we went through, I, I can remember seasons where I was the one doing the money. I'll just be honest with you. I can remember seasons where I'm like, I think I'm going to forget to do that this month. And then the Lord would convict me and I'd have to go back and write a big check. <laughs> and every single time heaven responded with provision. We've never been rolling in the dough. We're not rolling in the dough now. But God's responded every single time. To our faith, we've always given at least 10%. God's always responded. We've not gone wanting. That doesn't mean I have everything that I want. Okay? Stephen was uh, putting out a... <laughs> or Stephen, I'm going to mess with him. <clears throat> we're, <clears throat> we're, in a, we're doing some budgeting for the, for the rest of the year, and so people in charge of different ministries had to uh, you know, ask, you know, this, what do you need for the rest of the, 
of the year. And so Stephen gave this little tiny number for the rest of worship because we're doing okay, we're doing this, we're doing this. And he said, and a Lamborghini. <laughs> and all but one person said no to the Lamborghini. But I'm sorry, I got outvoted. No. That isn't the point that we'll have all we want. The point is we'll have all we need. Heaven responds with faith, with provision, every time we obey in faith. Every week we say, uh, you know, we're going to give now our tithes and our offerings. What we're saying literally is, here's your opportunity to take just the, the first 10% of what God's given you and give it back to God. I know that's hard in a church because I'm not God. <laughs> the church is not God. But this is a place where you get to give to the work that God's doing. The ministries that God's called you to support. The church where you're fed, this one or another. The, the, the places that God puts in front of you, the ministries that, you want, that he wants you to invest in financially. Tithe is the first 10%. The offering is, and how about some bonus? I'd like to have more to give, so I'm going to give more. I was in a church uh, when I was in seminary, talk about not having much. Uh, when I was in seminary, and the church went through a real difficult time financially. And it wasn't a big crisis out there in the world like there is today, but the church was just, I don't know, there just wasn't a lot of money. And I remember the, the pastor saying, I was an intern at the end of my seminary time, and I remember the pastor saying, money's just bad. I mean, it's just really awful. And I thought he was going to you know, start some sort of big campaign. He said, we're going to have to give our way out of this one. Like, well, there's an interesting concept. And literally, the church at that point decided to give more away. And the response from heaven was an incredible influx of funds from people inspired by giving. What do you have to give yourself out of right now? <laughs> That's a tough one. So Paul says, each you should decide, you know, in your own heart. I'm saying start with the tithe and you ask God from there. It's a matter with you and God. Your heart. What is it I'm supposed to give? He says this. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. Not reluctantly. In other words, here's what Paul's saying. Just do it. Like, don't put up a fight. He's just saying, here's, here's the deal. Give back to God what God's given to you. Just do it. No reluctance. And not under compulsion. That's my part. I don't get to compulse you. Compel you. Don't let anyone make you give under compulsion. Don't do it. That's why, and no, nothing against the churches that do it, okay? But that's why in this church, we don't walk down the aisle with our ties envelopes like this. So I don't want anyone to feel compelled, like, oh, what will it look like? That's not the point at all. It's a privilege to give, not an obligation. It's not a duty to discipline. It's an invitation into a deeper relationship of faith so that as we give, the resources of heaven are released more to us so that more can go through us, not reluctantly, not under compulsion. Do you realize that this is the one place in the Bible where God actually challenges us to test him? The one place, Malachi 3, I'll just look there quickly. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. This is God speaking. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there'll be not enough room to store it. 
God actually says, test me in this. Bring the whole tithe. Start with the 10%. Not, not with reluctance, not under compulsion. But God says, test me. I've got a pastor friend on the west side. It's, it, they've just become a vineyard church, life church on the west side. And, um, you know, you've heard me talk about P90X. They do a thing called T90X. And, um, and this is, the, you can see it right on their website. They say, they go to Malachi 3, right here, and they say, God says, test him in this, so, uh, so test him. They say, if anyone is not tithing in the church right now, and you're committed for the next three months to give 10% right off the top to God via the church, that's the way they say it, to God via the church, if in three months God hasn't held up his part of the bargain, we'll give you all the money back. You know how many people have asked for their money back? Zero. They've had many people who've taken the challenge. T90X. It's great. If any of you here, I'm, lo- I'm not going to look at elders right now because I haven't put this through them yet. But if any of you here this morning feel like the Lord's saying, you know what, I'm not, I haven't been given 10%, but I'm going to do it. You want to come and talk to me or, or to one of the elders and say, I'm going to do it for three months. Let's just put God to the test. If, it, if God doesn't hold up his part, you know what, we'll gladly give you the money back. It's not about the money. It's faithful obedience, hearing and obeying, so that God can release the resources of heaven into the world through you. We give what we've decided in our hearts to give. Not under compulsion and not reluctant. So we see the principles here. Paul says, give generously. Paul says, give willingly. Paul says, give cheerfully. The end of that last verse. Um, go back to Second uh, Corinthians there. God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. And there's a combination. There's a, that one of the responses from heaven when we give is he gives us grace to rejoice in what we've done. Remember the end of the verse that I spoke from last week? First uh, Chronicles 29, they'd given this huge gift and there wasn't a big mourning party for losing all their stuff. There was a big rejoicing celebration. They're like, look what we were able to do. We gave willingly. We gave freely. We gave generously. We gave cheerfully. And God responded with his presence, his very presence in the temple that they built for him. So here's what God does. Verses... Uh, 8 through 11. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This is God's part. Our part is the giving. God's part is the provision, the resourcing. Just look what he says. He'll supply and increase your store of seed. He'll give you more of what you need so that you can not only be provided for, but have all the more to give to provide for others. He'll enlarge your harvest of righteousness. Enlarge your harvest of righteousness. When we give our finances, whether it's this church, another church, to a ministry, to a child, to our neighbor, to a person in need, 
we literally are investing in righteousness going into the earth. More lost people get found. More stray people get brought back into the church. More sick people get healed. More broken people get mended. More weak people get strengthened. And isn't that an expression of who we are right here? Lost people who have been found. Strays who, who wandered back in were pulled back in by the love of God. Broken people who are being healed. Weak people who are being strengthened day by day. That the, the point of our giving is not to build, remember, a big house for God. We are the houses of God. The more that we give, the more that He gives from heaven. And the more temples get built to be spread out into the city, into the neighborhoods, the schools, the businesses, into this community, so people's lives get changed. And then in the end, more people praise God. More people thank God. There literally will be more people in heaven worshiping the one true king. Because we listen and obey when it comes to the resources that God's given us. Why don't you stand up? Let's pray. The um, communion service could come forward. That'd be great. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you showed us generosity by giving us yourself. And I ask, Lord, for any here this morning that need to initiate that relationship, God, with you this morning, would you just now pour out your grace upon them and draw them to the person of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that we celebrate now your body broken for us. Your blood poured out for us in abundance that we might be forgiven, set free. Lord, would you uh, communicate your presence and your love to us, even as we remember what you did. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've given your life to following Christ, this is your time to remember what he's done for you. Just come down the diagonal aisles, take a bit of the bread and dip it into the wine or the juice, remembering what Jesus has given to you. When you're ready, please come. Thank you.